Hi, and welcome to Psychic Today. I'm your host, Jill Roberts. And in today's episode, I want to be talking about the spiritual awareness that humanity is basically waking up and it's reaching a global tipping point. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So call it enlightenment, awakening, transcendence, self-realization, or any of the myriad terms used to describe the ultimate higher states of consciousness. People have been seeking it for millennia. But beyond peak experiences of heightened awareness, only a few spiritual figures, um, people we may um, see as ascended masters in my type of spirituality, or if you adhere to a traditional, more organized type of religion, you would see these figures as the same uh, in a little bit different way, but as of Jesus Christ, Buddha, um, there's just so many of them. But they're known to have lived, these these people have known to have lived in altered states of consciousness. Um, Yet, an unprecedented awakening has been underway since, believed or not, the 19th century. And I think a hell of a lot before, but as far as the recent past, so let's say the recent couple hundred years. So there's been a lot of modern day advances. I mean, humanity's collective consciousness took an unexpected turn in 1968 after the Beatles captured the world stage. The iconic British group became agents of change in more ways than music when their search for answers to life's big questions led them to the Maharashi um, Spiritual Center in India. I mean, their interest in transcendental meditation sparked a surge of interest in enlightenment and meditation, providing the West with a popular means of cultivating higher states of awareness. And what we're doing here is we're basically shifting our consciousness as we're moving, as the Earth's frequency is speeding up. And, you know, coming up this week, we have another gateway, the 1212, and we have another one later on this month, 1221, um, which is next week. Um, these major gateway shifts are speeding up the Earth's frequency, thus speeding us up. And we're going from being heavy in the three-dimensional reality here to ascending to 4D. And some, for some people who are already awakened and of our higher vibration, 5D. So it's, it's really amazing how much this has just been brought in on a, on a global scale even, let alone just... There's not just a few of us in this in this type of community anymore that knows about this. This tribe is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's just really, really wonderful for the planet. And wonderful for us. Wonderful as, as individuals and wonderful for us as a collective. The movement to bring about global awakening, you know, has been growing ever since the 60s with the with the Beatles. Um, fresh impetus in the form of quantum physics, the science of yoga and spiritual practices 
that are rooted in ancient cultures, disseminated by books, teachings, and spiritual luminaries, and websites such as Conscious.tv has exposed millions to the concept of consciously participating in the evolution of humanity to bring about a world that works for all of us. And right now, we're attaining critical mass. In 2000, Malcolm Gladwell, the author of The Tipping Point, How Little Things Can Make a Big Difference, provided a ray of hope for the estimated 50 million individuals involved in a world enlightenment movement by introducing the concept of critical mass. The, this occurs when an unshakable belief is held by 10% of the population. Scientists that tested the phenomenon at the Rensselaer Polytech Institute in upstate New York discovered once that number grows above 10%, the idea spreads like flame. <clears throat> you know, Mahish predicted that only 1% of humanity is needed to create enough good vibrations to usher in more peace. While the figures required to reach this critical mass can be debated, it's certain that the old ways no longer work and we are quickly running out of time to adopt visible solutions to mounting global crises. You know, despite the sense of urgency, we have no clear idea of where we are on the scale of transformation. Yet leading voices point to promising signs of progress in a developing collective awareness and acknowledges life's interconnectedness and our togetherness, I mean, and our amalgamation and embodies life-affirming beliefs and values. I mean, we are reaching critical mass, not just as a people, but as our, for our planet. I mean, with all the, the emissions and, and excuse me, digging for oil, it is really, really, we've got to find a better solution. There's got to be a better way. And there is a better way. It's just unfortunate that there's just so many of these big companies that are, are guiding our world. And we really need to stand up, not just, not just one by one, but all of us together. I mean, no matter where we are and what we're doing, especially here in America or in the West period, just the planet, I mean, we really need to do it differently. Lots of other countries are starting to really consider their green footprint. And, you know, America has yet to really do as much as, as some other countries like Germany has done. Has done. So it's, it's a little, you know, daunting that one of the major players in this world as a, as a country, as a people, that we are still using plastic bags that take a thousand years to degrade. We're still using, I mean, everything we use is plastic, plastic bottles for, for water, you know, plastic straws to drink out of, you know, plastic and, and, and plates and forks and knives and you name it, we're using it and it takes forever to break down and there's no excuse for it anymore. I'm talking maybe 2006, I was over in Ireland. They do not give plastic bags out at stores back then. I mean, now they still do it. I go into a Dwayne Reed in New York City here, which is basically like a, a Walgreens, a CVS, 
in any other part of this country. Um, but we have Dwayne Reeds here <laughs> anyway. Um, they're essentially the same thing. We are still getting plastic bags, whether they're small or large, we're getting them, we're getting them at the stores. And there's, of course, uh, there's many people in the city who, you know, bring their own bags that are not plastic to when they go food shopping or when they go to the pharmacy or where, you know, wherever they're buying something from. And there are people that refuse to use plastic and they are cutting down on this consumption, but it's, it's still, it's maybe at a 10% out of the 90%, at least here in Manhattan. Um, and there's five boroughs here in New York city. So I can, I can attest for one and they're not really conscious about it. And it's really, really, really sad because we really, really need to do something besides the fact that we all need to wake up and we are waking up. We're waking up to lots of things. We're waking up to shifts in perception and, and shifts in consciousness. We're ascending and we also need to heal this planet. Otherwise, this planet is not going to sustain us. You know, all these sci-fi movies that are out there that people call, you know, like scoff at where they're looking for another place for humanity to live. That's going to happen. Maybe not within our lifetime, but it'll be within our grandchildren's lifetime. I mean, something has to be done now. Otherwise, humans will be, will, will just die out. We, they won't be able to, dis I mean, this planet will not be able to sustain harvest and food and so many other things that we need to live. You know, there'll be dust bowls like there were, you know, in the 1920s where it'll take over and we won't be able to breathe the air. It, it, it's just going to be a terrible, terrible time unless we all really, really wake up. And I feel, you know, I think the best people we can turn to for this uh, is the people who were here before we came over. And that's the Native Americans. Look at the way they lived. Look at the, the respect they have for the planet. Look at the respect they have for each other. I mean, you know, and for life and for their food and for their culture. I mean, honestly, it's it's we should be taking... Um, we should be taking a look back at ancient civilizations and, and civilizations and cultures that have been here before we have, whether it's the, like I said, the Native Americans here in the U.S. or the Aborigines in Australia. I mean, it's, there's Native people all over this, this planet and they each have their own set of not only spiritual practices, but cultural practices as well for the planet. I mean, if you look at the Native Americans, you know, every single tribe has their own different, you know, way of showing respect. And it's all over, all over here. And we're a huge landmass in the United States. We have it in New York, upstate, and all around, all around the counties. We have it in California. We have it in the desert. We have it everywhere. Arizona, we have, you name the state, I'm sure there's plenty of tribes. So, you know, Utah, you name it. 
So there's no excuse that you can't say, oh, well, you know what, Miss Roberts, you're in New York City and you don't know the way it is. Yes, I do. I really do. I've traveled the world. I've I've not only stayed in New York, um, I've come back to New York, to this urban jungle, and believe me, I would much rather be in the suburbs or in the rural, much, much, much more rural. Um, but unfortunately, I have to be where I have to be. So anyway, I will, can, I will continue this conversation in segment two. Stay tuned for a, a note from our sponsor. Welcome back. This is segment two of Psychic Today. I'm your host, Jill Roberts, and we're talking about the global wake-up call, collective consciousness near spiritual tipping point. So global consciousness accountant Deepak Chopra, a physician, pioneering author, and co-founder of, I don't know if I'm saying this right, I'm just going to spell it out, J-I-Y-O.com, living in California and New York, believes that we may have a phase of the necessary transformational shift, experiencing disruption along with the emergence of a new paradigm. The, quote, the ultimate goal with our geo.com community, a collective well-being project, is to build a critical mass of people that will create a more peaceful, just, and harmonious inner and outer world, unquote, says Chopra. It begins with personal transformation, though. You can do this through yoga, meditation, pranayama, breathing exercises, nutrition, sleep, personal growth, um, relationships that enhance awareness. Um, what's really wonderful is if you're in a um, an intimate relationship with someone who believes the same things you do, um, it makes that relationship a lot more not only rewarding but productive. I mean, if you both are conscious of what's going on um, and are are pioneers in your own sense, where you can together, you know, learn and teach one another and thus learn and teach the masses. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Um, Evolution should be gradual and comfortable, says Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, founder of the Agape International Spiritual Center in Beverly Hills. He believes humanity is in the midst of emerging renaissance of kindness, love, and compassion. <clears throat> With millions embracing the planet as a living being. This I absolutely love because the planet is a living being. A rock is a living being. And we'll get into rock soon with one of my good friends, Francesca Mancini, when we do an episode right after the new year talking about crystals and stones and how they they awaken within us certain aspects, certain things that we're we're needing. So I just wanted to say that 
say hi to Francie because I cannot wait to do this conversation to do this conversation with her. It is going to be amazing. Not only is Francie an amazing artisan and works with natural crystals, she is a visionary as well. So back to Beckwith. Um, the, he's saying that it's not news because mainstream journalists are still reporting from an old worldview. And it's true, they are. If you turn on the news, you're not getting, you're, you're getting nothing, you're getting bombarded with nothing but negativity. Um, I refuse to watch local news, even, even just political news, period. I am just really sick of it. And it's just kind of like, it feels like darts coming at me. It's just the local news talks about, you know, people being killed or people being hurt or, you know, it's just really, or missing. It's really, really um, disturbing. And I get the local news for all the five boroughs and believe it or not, and I know <laughs> Brooklyn has, you know, become a, um, a very popular place to be, but the amount of crime, and I'm talking crime in the sense of murder, I'm talking crime in the sense of, you know, robberies and robberies that don't end with just being robbed, um, is astounding. Every day I get these banners from Eyewitness News, and it's always Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I know Brooklyn is a big borough, but so is Queens. So Staten Island, I mean, how many million people do we have here in Manhattan? And everything is Brooklyn, and I don't get it. And I have it set for my particular neighborhood uh, on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and everything coming through in, in local news has to do with Brooklyn, and I just don't understand it because there, Brooklyn has changed so much. I mean, I went to school out, I went to college out in Brooklyn, um, and I loved it. I mean, it was a, in the mid 90s early to mid 90s you know 94 but um still you know it wasn't popular back then it wasn't so trendy and hipster but uh i guess there's certain neighborhoods in brooklyn that are like that and you know you get to a certain point where if you go i guess further it's it's not as good i don't know i just thought it, it changed a lot i know it's gotten a lot more expensive Manhattan is ridiculously expensive. All the all the boroughs are ridiculously expensive. Um, I believe back uh, 14 years ago, I lived out in Queens, and I was paying 14.50 a month for rent, and that's without lights and gas and electric. That's without you know, your cable and your internet. That's without food. That's without <laughs> clothing. This is $1,450 14 years ago for a one-bedroom apartment. So it's ridiculous. And I'm sure they're getting that for more than that out in the outer boroughs, the other boroughs as well. Back to what I was saying with Beckwith. He's a renowned minister. He was actually in The, um, the Secret. The movie, The Secret, along with Jack Canfield and a lot of other people that you see on um, some interesting platforms now. Like, I think Jack Canfield is in, um, he wrote the um, 
chicken soup for the soul. And now he, I think, has a show on Gaia. I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, Beckwith was on that as well. And I liked a lot of things he had to say back then. Um, so he's a renowned minister and teacher for 40 years. He leads a 9,000-strong 9, trans-denominational spiritual community. He remarks, those of us who are focused on adding our energy to the global enlightenment movement see aspects of it emerging in changes such as health care rather than sick care. Businesses adopting multiple bottom lines of people, planet and purpose, rather than only profit. And the shift from me to we consciousness. Me to we consciousness. I really like that. And I like the fact that the businesses that they're emerging in and seeing changes in are of people, planet and purpose, as opposed to just profit. I mean, that is something that's vitally important for all of us. Diane Collins, author of Do You Quantum Think? Uh, New Thinking That Will Rock Your World in Miami suggests it's time to wake up to the fact that we are living in a quantum age and still using thought and language shaped by the industrial age. That is so true. She discovered a burgeoning underground culture that she calls the conscious crowd while researching her book, Tour Audience. I, can, I, I would imagine so, yes, especially with you know, her, the books I've written are on King Arthur and they're all nonfiction. So, you know, my audience from one <laughs> being an author, it's a little bit different from Diane Collins's. Um, I will be writing a book about um, quantum consciousness and shifting perceptions and basically the ideologies of myself as not only as a evidential medium, crystal healer, but as a shaman and a light worker. So, you know, all the ideologies that I adhere to from all different types of cultures, religions, thought, ideologies, thought processes, um, theology, whatever makes sense to me, like some things from Higher Balance Institute um, as well. I mean, it's just some some gurus, some luminaries that I adhere to, but not adhere to all of their things. So, you know, there are things that make sense to me, and that's what I take. So my my big point to you is that there is no one way to do this. You have to do what feels comfortable for you. You know, if you if you let's say need a grounding stone, but yet a different color stone feels a lot more comfortable than use that other stone. I mean, there's, there's just, you know, there's not a play by play of, of what you should be doing, but there, there are things out there that you have to take with a grain of salt. You have to do what makes you feel comfortable, you know, I mean, and that's including your spiritual life. You know, anything that I say on this podcast has to do with my experiences, my advice. If something I say doesn't feel comfortable or resonates with you, then, you know, don't adhere to it. But if something I say does, then that's fantastic. I mean, that's what we have to do. And I think that's what a lot of people forget to tell us. 
when they're telling us how to do certain things, whether it's how to, you know, become a medium or how to, you know, meditate or how to raise our consciousness or how to raise our vibration or how to quantum jump. A lot of people don't realize is that it is different for every single person because not only are we independently different and so different that we're even different than the us's on the on the other timelines that there are on the parallel timelines, but we're different in the way we learn. Some of us are visual learners. Some of us are logical learners. I mean, we need to find a way to integrate and and if we must even in the way that we teach teach it for a bunch of different ways that you can take it so that way people don't find it and and try and do it so literally and then it doesn't work for them like the law of attraction when the secret came out so many people were trying this and then it wasn't working and most of the material out there on the law of attraction does not work because you're trying to make yourself believe something that you don't believe in. If you believe in it, then it will flow to you. But if you're given a bunch of instructions and you're told, well, you have to say it out loud or you have to say it in your mind and you have to, you know, whether you believe it or not, mean it. You can mean it, but you may not believe it. And if you don't believe it, it's not going to do shit for you. So those are the things that they never told you. And that's why the law of attraction has not worked for many people. Okay. I digress. Um, these individuals, and we're talking about the conscious crowd now, are, are using new thinking and recognizing the worldview of interconnectedness based on modern science. The media doesn't recognize that thinkers such as these represent the new mainstream, and no one realizes the tipping point is already here. Kate Montana, the author of The E-Word, Ego, Enlightenment, and Other Essentials in Hawaii, likewise is convinced that the movement has reached critical mass and is hopefully the perceived tipping point is the closer than, than we think. Every moment, she says, we're awake, we're becoming conditioned to believe in our limited physical nature and separation from everyone and everything around us. This is why we must re-educate ourselves regarding our full nature. And I agree with her 100%. News headlines of global con conflicts and ecological de decimation make it appear that we are regressing, Montana says, but we are not going backwards. The nature of life is growth, expansion, evolution. As one example, some among the medical community now accept the validity of energy practices such as acupuncture, tai chi, qigong, and reiki. None of these words were even being bandied about in the U.S. 50 years ago. And it's so true. I mean, I, I like I had told my told you guys before, I am a cancer survivor. I am in pain management. And my doctor is so happy that, you know, I use crystals for pain. You know, I mean, he, he, for a medical doctor who is also an anesthesiologist who would, could write a prescription for some really strong painkiller, it would rather me use crystals than write that prescription. And I think that is just fan-fucking-tastic. And I am just so, like, 
so happy that there are doctors out there like that because it's it's really important because for too long we have just been given scripts and masking the root of the pain whether it be physical emotional or um spiritual honestly coming together today an estimated sorry today an estimated 5 point of uh, Today, <laughs> you can try this again. An estimated 5 million people practice TM, which has been incorporated into schools, universities, corporations, and prison programs in the US, Latin America, Europe, and India. Those learning this meditation practice number as many as 30,000 to 40,000 a year, which significantly contributes to a positive effect to the collective consciousness. So true. Um, says John Hagelin, a leader of the TM movement in the U.S. Hagelin, uh, president and professor of physics at Maharashtra University of Management in Fairfield, Iowa, has been leading a scientific investigation into the foundation of human consciousness for 25 years. Is one of the world's preeminent researchers on the efforts of meditation on brain development. I think that we are much closer to global spiritual tipping point than ever before, he says. And according to Mushi, or Muhi, I think it's G. I don't know if it's he or G. M O O J I. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this name. But the quote is Truth is what we are. It is our essential nature and being. It is our pure self, the limitless one, the ultimate reality. It is awareness itself. But we have become unaware of the magnificence of our true nature on account of our upbringing, conditioning, and education, which paint a very different picture of who we are and all of which we believe. That is so true. Okay, so... There's a quantum field psychologist practicing in Fort Myers, Florida, who believes that the threshold is close and that his quantum unified field theory explained in the film, in his film, The Endless Question, we can, uh, can win over skeptics. He says um, his name is Ron Dalrymple, Ph.D., he says, I use mathematics, science and storytellers that have studied consciousness. <laughs> To explain in lay language my theory, which proposes that the mind is an energy field that extends beyond the brain, and its nucleus is the superconscious. Viewers are led to an undeniable reality of what we all that uh, sorry that we all need for creating a culture of enlightenment where we encourage and inspire one another to greatness. Zaya. And Maurizio Benazzo, founders of the Science and Non-Duality Conference, and that's S-A-N-D, SAND, agree that individual awakening and the collective movement towards the understanding of our fundamental oneness is crucial to social transformation. Their nonprofit organization is designed to foster a new relationship with spirituality that is both based on timeless wisdom, traditions, and informed by cutting-edge science. For 10 years, biannual SAN conferences have energized the global enlightenment movement, scienceandnonindividuality.com. 
early uh, audiences of 300 individuals now numbered from 8 to 1,000 and often include business people and trainers developing programs for workplaces. Quote, understanding the new science that points to consciousness as all pervasive and the fundamental building block of reality can change what it means to be human, as well as possibly make violence and economic, social, and political crises thing, things of the past, says Zaya. Thus, the spread of awareness and the harmonic convergence of science, psychology, spiritual thought, seem to be being humanity closer to the enlightenment that has been elusive for millennia. Tremendous programs are, tremendous progress is being made, and tremendous programs are being made. Um, and I am confident that within a year or two, we'll see a victory for the enlightened evolutionary forces already present on the planet, says Hagelin. I mean, I agree, but I think it's going to take a little bit longer than two years. Um, you know, if we as a people do a collective meditation and raise the vibration of this planet, I think we'll all be in a better place. That's it for today. Hope you have a wonderful day, evening ahead whenever you're listening to this. And please be gentle with one another. You know, we all deserve to live extraordinary lives. And I want us to take this journey together. This is Jill Roberts, and it's been my pleasure hosting Psychic Today for you.